in the, on, on, the, on the recording and I sound like a squeaky Alvin and the Chipmunks. Well, that's because I put the Mickey Mouse filter on you and the Barry White filter on you. Oh. How about you? I'm really well. I'm uh, I'm really well, except for an ear infection. Oh, um, fuck. But you don't want to hear about that. Uh, unless you uh, do, uh, do you want to hear about uh, my uh, ear I'm, infection? I'm I can tell you all about it. Yeah, I'm all ears. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I know. I thought you want to hear about it. No, please stop. All I'm ear long. You to stop. Please stop. I got I got to move. I got to bend over and change this table thing. It squeaks. Listen to this. Can you hear that? Of course. You can yeah. Hear I gotta, I gotta tighten it up. We can, we can do. Gotta, no, hold on. I gotta, I gotta. I actually keep a spanner behind <laughs> my table. You keep a spanner on your table. <laughs> I keep a spanner on my table to tighten it up. It's because it's one of those. Um, it's one of those tables that goes up and down. I got it because I, I had the impression that one day, or not that one day, that I would, uh, I want to stand at my desk sometimes. And, um, and I very rarely do, but I sometimes do. But the thing is, is that, uh, I always like to lean back and put my feet up on the desk. Right. And then it, 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 it makes the, it makes the hinge come a bit loose and, mm-hmm. and then it squeaks. <laughs> but now, yeah, that's uh, good. We're I've grooving. got a seat standing desk from Ikea. Actually, it's good. It's yeah? really good. Yeah. They're very good. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, eye watering expensive, but uh, comparing to the ones that um, that you can find, actually, this is pretty good, pretty decent. I have uh, I have a client I'm working with that he has a um, uh, a desk, a walking desk, like it's a treadmill <laughs> with the desk. Okay. And he teases me because of the microphone that I've got. Uh, he teases me horrifically. Uh, he doesn't know how much it hurts, but um, but he has a walking desk. So whenever we we, we do like these video uh, conferences, video calls, and things together. Mm-hmm. And there's groups of people, and you get those little tiled screens. You know, you get the little tiled windows across. Mm-hmm. And he's walking. He's there. He's just walking. You just see him going up and down a little bit as he's walking, as he's talking. But it's very. But he's slim, you know, so it works. God, I hate people. I hate people that are thin and in shape. Oh, uh, don't don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind if they sweat terribly and they they suffer. You know, then I feel like they've earned it. The worst people are the ones that. Uh, that are just naturally in good shape yeah. and eat like a horse. I hate yeah. those people. Well, but they actually, in in uh, if if you if you have um, a, you know a food shortage, they're gonna be the first ones to go because they wait. Because they won't have any. They won't have any. Uh, yeah, I'll last. I'll last a while. <laughs> yeah, they, unless of course all the all the uh, the fit thin people attack me. And uh, and and turn me into a food source. Still, yeah. still, they're not going to have they're not they're not good at retaining calories from the food. Yeah, yeah. So they waste it. Yeah, I call yeah, them. They'll, the, they'll the, go. They'll go quickly. Yeah, they'll go quickly. We'll I we'll hold on the, for a bit longer. I'm not sure that's a good thing in a post post apocalyptic world. But it's oh, okay. But it's, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll hold on to that as, as some yeah. kind of benefit. They're, they're like ducks, you know, with a direct connection between the top and the bottom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's just the tube that just yeah, goes yeah, straight yeah, through. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is a delightful podcast. That thing wraps it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Time <laughs> in next week for 
Next week, we're going to talk about P. <laughs> the, the zombie apocalypse and bodily functions. Mm. Oh, you know, that, that could actually be made into a podcast. It amazes me what people listen to. Amazes me. I mean, people listen to us. so They listen uh, to us. Nothing so surprises me anymore. For some reason, our, our, listening, our listeners are going, are going up. Uh-huh. Our 20 you would think they would have learned by now. And, yeah. uh, no, they keep coming so. back. I think, I think they're just the, 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 the masochists. They just, they just like to, 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 to be heard. Yeah, the, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bore me a little more. Punish me some more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like in the old days, the priests used to flagellate themselves with mm-hmm. whips at the end of the day for having, uh, having um, uh, sinful thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, yes. somehow we've, we've, I don't know how that went quick into that negative territory. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> yeah. I, I have. Listen, yes. shut up. Listen, what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to talk about coffee and I'm, yeah. I'm specifically about Carvetti coffee. Yes. And we're going to spend the next hour asking why they have two eyes uh, at the end of their name Carvetti E. Yes. Um, so uh, let's debate that for the next hour. Mm-hmm. Or we could talk about their beans. I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I don't know. I think I think I can wrap up the double eye. I think they they have a, they have a sticky eye in the in the keyboard, and then, Are you and then the it worked. Oh, man, yeah. Everybody who's ever had a sticky keyboard knows how frustrating that is. Yeah, and then it worked. So for them, it worked. They're like, oh right, yeah, right. It looks they, like when um, they went to to register the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, yeah they had and they eye said, the uh, oh well, that's great because it looks like a Latin thing, so it's good. And then they kept it. it actually, does the kind of Latin? I actually think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I actually think it's kind of cool. Although um, it's probably it's probably well from an SEO point of view, you know, search engine optimization. I don't know. I don't know whether you, I mean you might. It, it makes it unique, I guess. Um, yes, but you need but anyway, to nail it. Yeah, yeah. There is probably a very interesting story behind it, and um, I can tease people about names because the last name like Basket, it's like I have a free license. Yeah, I have I a know. free license to make fun of anybody's name because yes, I am and Basket. actually. We haven't made a pun about it in the whole podcast series yet. Yeah. Which is yeah. surprising because that was a cheap shot. There's lots of cheap shots available there. I'm going to give you more material to work with as well because yes. when I was in, in, uh, in university out in Dubuque, Iowa, uh, I dated a girl called Lynn Ball. And of course, the, the, the running joke amongst my friends there was if we got married and we both kept our surnames, it would be basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but we didn't stay together at the end. I, I left to Denver, Colorado. So you could say I bounced, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was lovely. She was a lovely girl. Whatever happened to her? Okay. So um, we, we're going to talk about these. Be- you know what? We re- we've been talking about talking about the beans. Yeah. And I wonder how long, how many podcasts we can do where we talk about talking about them, like we're going to talk about them. Yeah. And this might actually be the one we'll be. (laughs) Without actually touching the topic. (laughs) Without actually actually talking about them at all. Yeah. We should be politicians. I think, I think we would be great. (laughs) Yeah. We won't own anything. We, we, you know, it would be like, uh, it would be like, you could ask us any question and all we'd simply do is answer some other question. Yeah, that's what they spin do. them around in circles and uh, and just yeah, yeah, yeah. Confuse the shit out of people. <laughs> do you think there was ever a time when politicians actually answered questions? Uh no, 
You no. don't think there was like a golden era where you'd say to a politician, "What you know? Why did this happen?" And they would tell you. No, because if 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 they did that, they wouldn't get elected because they would make most of the people unhappy about something. Yeah. Well, if you ever talk to communists, uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm not being you know I'm not being um, facetious here at all, but if you talk about people who uh, who who are from a communist country like you know China or, or maybe not so much Russia, but but certainly if you talk about someone from from China. Mm-hmm. from mainland china they will tell you well that's why you know uh their their political system works because they don't have to worry about being re-elected you know you're, yeah you're a, you're a dictator uh, so you know you're just you know, so you don't need don't to know, worry I can, about i can think about a couple of people that <laughs> were in the 20s that yeah didn't worry about being re-elected but i don't know i i seem to remember that that went a little sideways yeah it always seems to go sideways but well, where would be the fun if it all went to plan? Yeah. So listen, so hey, you know, yes. we're going we're gonna to get right into it talking about this coffee yes. uh, because here's, here's what we did. And you're going to go first so I can take notes and cheat. From you. <laughs> um, you're going to cheat. <laughs> I'm going to cheat from you. That's right. amazing, Max. I had all the same notes. Um, oh. <laughs> and hey, t- tell me honestly, Max, listen, people from work aren't listening. Yeah. Did you ever cheat in any of your exams? No, because I, I'm a terrible cheater. Ah, yeah, this is you, this is a great skill to learn. I'm also terrible at 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 not necessarily lying, but I, I can lie. I'm a great liar, uh, but I can if I if I if I do something like naughty, mm-hmm. I will always get caught. I should I would yep. be a terrible I'd be a terrible criminal. Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you put me in a in a 400 people room and um, I'm I'm taking a peek at my notes, I would mm-hmm. be noticed right away. Mm, I mm. do not know how to do it. And I have seen people in front of me actually literally taking their bo- their books out and reading from the books. And oh, I was and, yeah, and then looking at them and saying, see, if I did that, I wouldn't be kicked out of the course. I would be arrested. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got, it's a skill to it. And it's, part of the skill is to have a, a certain amount of a nonchalance. Yeah. I think it's the yeah. same, it's the same as uh, when you're driving on the motorway, you're doing 70 miles an hour, and then there are three cars that pass you at 95 miles an hour. And, and then you think, okay, I can do 75. And then blue lights come up. Come up. I, uh, I got in trouble once overtaking a police car. You know, on the, on the, on the motorway, mm-hmm. and then the police cars come in, and then everyone slows down and pretends that they're all good boys. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. But I didn't. I thought, well, that's very fake. I'm just going to keep going at 75. <laughs> so I yeah, fast. that's... No. The <laughs> thing is, is that I, I, well, okay, but listen, just listen to my defense in mm-hmm. this, because first of all, um, that people have been stopped for doing 70 on the motorway because they're holding up traffic, right? You, you heard about those stories? People get what? stopped because they, yeah, yeah, people get stopped doing the maximum speed limit because they're holding up traffic. Uh, and it has actually happened. Um, <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, the, 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 don't listen. Don't try and don't try no, 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 and you no, know, no. use I'm logic. Sorry. I was trying to apply logic to it, but yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Okay, it's wrong. You know, this is the wrong podcast for that. Yeah. So, um, so I, I thought, you know, look, and they always say everybody is common knowledge. There's a sort of a de facto, you know, rule of thumb: less than ten percent above the uh, speed limit is acceptable. Mm-hmm. So at seventy, it means seventy-seven. So I, so this police car was doing actually slightly under seventy. It was doing like sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I went past it at I think about seventy three, just very slowly creeping past it, and the policeman got very angry. <laughs> got very angry at me. Started waving at me through his window, 
He looked very angry. <laughs> he looked he looked like he looked he's a little bit plump and he looked a bit like uh he looked a bit like somebody who had traveled a long way to get a pastry and the person in front of him just bought the last one. That's what he looked like. <laughs> okay. So I slowed down, went behind him. He didn't give me a ticket or anything. I mean, I think it would have been hard, you know, 73 miles an hour to give me a ticket, but he didn't like it. Um, I sort of didn't care. I'm doing 65. Everyone does 65. I, yeah, you have to. It was a bit, it's a bit, it was a bit sort of bullying-ish. It's sort of a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I find it like, very um, annoying when, uh, when, uh, when you're driving and everyone slows down because they've seen a police car. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, get over it. It's just, just drive normally. Yeah. You know, just drive normally. Yeah, but it's uh, it's called um, it's called uh, I don't know how it's called in English anyway. I'm sorry, I wanted to say something, but it's it's I realize, yeah. I, realize I know I only know it in Italian. Okay, well, um, you know, we'll do so, an Italian version of the podcast afterwards. Uh, oh, I won't be on it, but but you feel free to to talk on my behalf. Okay, well. I'm gonna I'm gonna ramble for a bit in, in Italian. Okay. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just close off. Everyone will leave. You just yeah. keep going. So yeah. anyway, coffee. Coffee, Carvetti, so listen, Carvetti coffee. Yeah, Carvetti so the coffee. Challenge was, Tell me the challenge, the challenge was uh, to uh, make blends and try to come up with something that resembles or, be- or is better or we like better than their own blend, which uh, yeah. was interesting. And uh, I have to come clean here. I did drink the whole, uh, the whole blend, uh, with, mainly with the MDF grinder that I have, which is a flat burr grinder from Gaja. And I don't think that that's good enough to get the fine nuances of um, very slightly different blends. And then mm-hmm. I, I had to revert to the to the Paros grinder, which is a, a conical burr grinder, but it's much more capable. Right. Um, and it grinds finer, and uh, it makes a, a slightly different, uh, a slightly different kind of um, of ground. We already talked about the differences between conical and, and flat. Yep. So we know that they are um, they're, they're different. We're, we're kind of it's difficult to compare. Anyway, halfway through my tasting, I decided to switch to the to the paros, so to the conical burr, and I actually mm-hmm. got better at it. The problem is I ran out of the blend by then, mm-hmm. so I don't really have. Do you want the much. blend that, that he gave us or the the different beans? That you the were blend making? that he gave us. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I drank that pretty because you have that. Yeah, we had that as a benchmark. So the blend that he gave us. Let's to, to start with. Yeah. Um, so the espresso benchmark, I had, uh, I had, uh, obviously, I didn't brew it as uh, as he suggested because uh, it's too concentrated. Because he suggests to do mm-hmm. a one to two ratio, one to two brew ratio. So fourteen grams and in twenty eight grams. Well, I tell you what. Let me just before you go on. Yep. Let me uh, explain to people or tell people as soon as I can find it on my multiple tabs. I'll just mm-hmm. Let me uh, tell people um, about this coffee so that oh, yeah. we sort of set the scene. Yes. Set the scene, as it were. So first of all, if you want to get this, you want to go to oh, – you know, I'm just going to type it in again. <laughs> I've got them on speed dial. Yeah. Um, but so actually, I'm going to put the link on the – on the podcast. I might actually do that. Uh, I very rarely do anything, you know, as organized and, and competent as mm-hmm. that, but I think I'm going to make a special effort because he, he went to a huge effort to send us all this. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go the extra mile or at least an extra few yards. So what we had was, so if you go onto his webpage, which is carvetti coffee.co.uk and that's carvetti C A R V E T I I coffee.co.uk. 
um, you'll see that they've got this latitude espresso. And this is what they're calling it now. So we had a sort of, I think we had an early version of sort of a, a, a oh, pre, okay. yeah, yeah, because you know, special Max. Mm-hmm. And um, so he sent it to us, and 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 uh, he's now named it Latitude Espresso, which I really like the name. I think it's a great mm-hmm. name. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and interestingly as well, it's, uh, it's probably because it's at the same latitude. Yeah, you know, I wonder if it is. Oh. Well, Ethiopia and Colombia, they more or less at the same height from the Ecuador. Let me just zoom out on Google Maps because I've actually got that open. I was supposed to cross Google Maps. My God, you know. Oh, wait. It's, it, ooh, could, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. I mean, what you've got. Oh, we're kind of coming to that in a minute. I'm just, yeah. I want to finish this off because the important yeah. thing is that, um, is that they're, they're, they've been nominated, shortlisted, for the great uh, British Food Awards for oh, wow. this for this espresso, wow, which is actually kind of a big deal because um, you know some of our, our our the favorite beans that we've tried in the past uh, have got uh, got these food awards. They actually they clearly count for something, and um, so we wish them the best of luck for that. But if you go on its Latitude Espresso, and you click on there, and it gives you a lot of great information about what mm-hmm. this coffee is. And I mean, we've got some information on the back as well of the bag, yes. along with uh, a nice little tabulated set of instructions on how they recommend um, making it for different brew methods. Yes, so for and that is something I appreciated greatly, actually. Yeah, yeah. I it really is. You know that. what? It, simple things like that. It's a little thing. Yeah, it's but a it gives you a benchmark. So at but least you know your variables. It's a total you know benchmark. In which space you have to move. And you know if, if for example, I, I know my taste buds are not very good. Mm. They're getting better, but uh, I'm not, you know, a, a, a taster. So yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't developed our palates, you know, extensively like some of the uh, like some people out there. So yeah. um, you know, we just we just a couple of blokes that like to drink espresso, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so that's absolutely fine. So anyway, he he explains. This, let's explain what this this espresso um, blend actually is is trying to achieve. The first thing is, as Gareth told me, he said, look, I don't make this for everybody. I make this, I make something that I like to drink. Mm -hmm. And then I figure if I like it, other people like, well, obviously they do because it's been shortlisted for the, the, the food awards. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But he's, it's, he calls it a contemporary espresso blend Mm -hmm. with a fruity character kind of pretty much wraps it up so that the the tasting notes are are nothing particularly fancy right yeah. floral orange mm-hmm. and maple yeah and so it's not something so that, that slaps you in the face it isn't something, something you know what i did i you know i told you last week that i went down to my dad's i don't know if i said this but i took a bag of of cavetti with me okay uh, of the espresso blend with me and i gave it to my dad because he's been getting his beans from somewhere else Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't approve, uh, so I had to put a stop to that immediately. <laughs> Someone in that supermarket, right? <laughs> he was getting it. No, he was getting it from. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say who he, where he was getting it from, but he was getting it from uh, an online place. Okay, okay. And I didn't really like the taste of the coffee. And when I looked at the beans, they. I mean, there was a lot of broken up beans in there. They mm-hmm. didn't look like they had been particularly um, picked or, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, so what I brought this down there and then I, I showed him about cleaning everything we went through, we cleaned everything. Cause I actually, I, I told him it's because, um, 
Well, it's true because you know you need you need to know how to clean your stuff. But I also wanted to make sure that all the other coffee was out of there. And then we, we ran <laughs> out of here. Get out of there. And uh, and then we we ran some of this through, and it was very interesting because it was from where he was coming. It was probably the first really good quality um, mm-hmm. coffee that he had tried, and we I, we made that with him on his uh, on his Gaggia uh, uh, Classic Pro with a um, a Sage uh, Sage Professional Grinder, mm-hmm. whatever they call it, Barista Pro Grinder. So that's a conical burr brand as well. Yeah, and you know it was a it was a real step up for him. And he, yeah. he, he loved it. He really did. He really enjoyed it. Um, and, and the reason why it, it didn't, it's not the kind of espresso. If you're coming from a regular kind of espresso, it's enough that it's going to completely open your eyes. Even if you don't make it perfectly, right? Exactly. Yes. It's going to totally open your eyes that actually coffee can taste different from what you've had everywhere else you've been. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but it's not going to, it's not going to be like so crazy that you're going to yeah. freak out. It's not going to shock you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were to give them, if you were to give them something that was, you know, incredibly bright and fruity and overpoweringly, you know, knock you out with a, you know, hint of bubble gum and a, everything else, that would be just, it would just be, you know, too scary for them. But mm-hmm. something like this, where you've got complexity, but it's not, um, it's not a, a, it's not a sort of a, it's not an, it's not overly it's not complex. Fruity, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, how would you describe this as an actor? I, I'm going to start describing all coffees as actors. As the actors. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be, I'm, 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 I'm looking for, I'm looking for an excuse to call a coffee a Michael Caine. Um, but I this isn't that. a Michael Caine. This I is a, uh, who's that? One of my favorite actors. He did, um, he did the, he did the, Let's compare it to cards. Maybe it's better. No, I was I, I was kind of wedded to the. Well, okay, what car would it be, Max? Whilst I think of the actor, <laughs> George Clooney. It's George Clooney. That's who I'm talking George about. George Clooney. George Clooney. But then George Clooney makes me think of Nespresso. Oh yeah, I kind of blew that, didn't I? Yeah. Um, okay, but if let's imagine <laughs> that George Clooney just wasn't paid all the money. He's obviously paid a fortune to do this Nespresso ads. Oh, yeah. But just as an actor separating yes. him from the Nespresso at the moment. What you've got is somebody who you would immediately trust and you say, I'd go and see a movie with George Clooney in it. But he will also, he has got tremendous depth of talent. True. But he, also, yeah. he, he was also, he, he's been also Batman. No, he hasn't been Batman. Yes, he has. Get out of here. Which Batman? Exactly. The one with Poison Ivy. He's Batman. I don't, I don't think I saw that one. Was it worth going to? No, no, that's terrible. Okay, well, okay. That's well, terrible. That, that was my point. <laughs> okay, well, apart from the Batman, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, there's loads of, there's, look, there's loads of great movies he's been in. Oh, yeah. But he also is quite versatile. Yes, so, correct. So maybe this is a George Clooney. Yeah. Look, I don't think Gareth is going to hate me for comparing his coffee <laughs> no, to George Clooney. So, and no. just shut up now. I just, I just want to, I just, I just like to pull your leg. <clears throat> so, anyway. so what he says. So anyway, so what he says on his uh, on his website, he t- explains um, you know where this coffee's come from and how it's made. I actually went and looked up on on the Google Maps, and the great thing is, if you if you if they have any photographs of that particular region, you kind of get a feel for oh wow, you know, this is where it's come from. 
Mm-hmm. And so the first thing we got out, we got, you know, we got two, um, two smallholder farm yes. um, bases. So one is in, uh, in Colombia and yeah, one's one in is, Ethiopia. Uh, one is in Zabelen in uh, Colombia and one is uh, Bonga. So it's Kef, yeah. Bonga. Kef I think it uh, stands for coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, that's the Ethiopian region. The yeah, Bonga is a, I think is a town or a hold. Uh, this I, I think it's a, well, there's a region there. I think Bonga's a town, um, but the but the well, it is the town of Bonga. It says, um, but that particular region. Looking it up, CNN talked about it as being the epicenter of Ethiopian coffee. Okay, so it's 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 the place. It's the it's the daddy of the coffee <laughs> in Ethiopia. Okay. And to give you an idea. Uh, of where that is is basically if you were to plant yourself in the middle of Ethiopia, uh, I was going to go there once. Addis, I was going to go to Addis Abeba, but I'd have to look Addis Abeba. Yeah, that's the place. Um, but then I didn't. Uh, but if you were to go there and then sort of go sort of south uh, east towards South Sudan, mm-hmm. uh, about halfway along in really amazing looking countryside um i I mean just mind-blowing landscapes that's that's where this coffee's from so when you have that little bag of beans sometimes you it's not sometimes you usually don't even think about uh about where it's from and if you do think where it's from you tend to if you're like me you associate countries with the the main capitals and the cities Mm -hmm. Um, just because, you know, we're all idiots and we just don't know, you know, we just give where these places actually are. Um, but if you actually think about it, if you go and take a look at the pictures and you see the little, the little town and the, uh, the coffee washing stations and the amazing landscapes, and then you look at your beans and you light, you open up and you smell them and you take them out in your hand and you just think, wow, okay. You know, these were washed at this washing station in this amazing place. They've traveled all this way here to go into my, uh, into my coffee cup. It's, it's really quite something. Um, and then if you travel almost across the equator, as Yo said, Max, uh, you come into, you go, you go through Venezuela. You don't stop, uh, into, <laughs> I had an old business part that was, um, kidnapped in Venezuela. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, many years ago. So this was in, and then it was in Colombia. Uh, you go into Colombia and you go all the way across Colombia and you go into Bogota. And then from Bogota, you were to jump on a bus or potentially a bicycle, but the bicycle would take you a very long time. Let's say a bus. And you were taking the bus down to Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And along the way, you got slightly lost. And about halfway down, you would find yourself in the region where they source their Colombian coffee from. And the great thing is you're talking about not some big factory that's churning them out, you know, for Nescafe or whatever. You're talking about, uh, I think they've got 40 smallholder farmers, Mm -hmm. right? 40 smallholder farmers producing from a municipality of Belen. And each micro lot uh, is cupped, and gets at least 85 points or above from the community cupping lab. Okay. So you're basically talking about a high standard quality of coffee from micro lots from these small farmers um, who are obviously producing limited quantities. And that's where they're sourcing it from. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And 
here's the funny thing, right? How did you decide, how did they decide to, to pair these two coffees together? I wonder how long that took him. I'd like to ask him that. Like, how did he pick these two coffees? Because yeah, they, this, they actually, they're very similar. Yeah, there's, there, there's a similarity there. And they come, you can imagine, it's a bit like, I, I sort of thought when he said, I've got a Colombian and an Ethiopian, I did think, hmm. So we, we know generally what Colombian coffee tastes like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, one of the most popular coffees out there. It's been around for a long time. And, uh, and we, we know what Ethiopian coffee tastes like. And it's at a different end of the spectrum almost. And, um, you know, generally coffees from, from South America are sweeter and, and coffees from, um, from Africa are, are very fruity and acidic. And I thought, well, you know, I'll look, I'm up for everything. We'll see how these things, you blend them together. You know, it'd be very interesting. Mm-hmm. But actually, they are more similar and more compatible than I had thought they would be. Yeah, I was actually, to, to be completely honest, I have done a few times, I have tried only one of them. And I had a hard time telling which, which one is which. <laughs> That's not that's not an endorsement of your taste buds. No, I know, I know. But it, when you when you do when you take them in a, in an espresso, for example, the, the Ethiopian is much more thick in terms of body. It's it kind of yeah. coats your tongue <laughs> into into the, mm. the fruitiness, and um, it's got a lot of texture. But in mm-hmm. terms of uh, volatiles or flavors that you actually smell. They're very similar. They both they both are very fruity. Yeah, floral. They're more floral than fruity, and very, very and floral. you get a lot of uh, citrus from both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethiopian is probably a little more on the uh, grapefruit side, and the Colombian is a little more on the orange side. So it's more sweet. But it's, uh, it's interesting you said grapefruit. I I didn't pick that up. But then having said that, you know what? I think part of um part of your experience is the fact that you're using conical burr grinders and i'm using flat burr because i didn't pick up to let that high level of acidity uh from the ethiopian or not as high as as i think you have yeah in in both to be honest i was picking them up but uh, when i switched to when i switched to the to the conical grinder uh, i got more acidity but because it was a slower uh, infusion it was uh, my my shot Mm -hmm. longer because with the flat birds, I was struggling to to get a, a good extraction because it was running a bit fast. Mm-hmm. And I was already ki- kind of low in the in the ground, so I didn't really want to go to you know setting one or two because right. it's too too fine. I think it's uh, at the very edge of what is acceptable. So I bl- I decided to to do what the good people do. So I blame my grinder <laughs> and I switched to another one, uh, which actually did make a difference. So I was right. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't my fault. It was the grinder's fault. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I have good tools. Yes. So take us through your take us through your process, Max, and so- and and. Um, Let's start from the top in terms of like how you approached the method of how you were going to to exactly. so, dial in and find your your perfect blend. So the the dial in, to be honest, I've kept everything the same because I've I've noticed that I was getting good extraction and ra- uh, roughly good extraction times and uh, flavor profiles um, with the, with the grinder in the same more or less in the same. Uh, setting so i was grinding 18 grams because uh, my favorite basket is the 12 to 18 grams from uh, ims 
I have a 14 gram, which is actually what um, he suggests to use. But 14 gram is a bit of a pain to to dial it in, at least in my machine. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if I need to find to grind it finer, or um, I, I'm actually, actually I'm gonna go probably I'm gonna go back and do another one in the 14 grams with the ground from today because uh, I screwed up for some reason it wasn't going through. I'm gonna try that, but um, in general I kept everything quite fine, um, and I was dosing 18 grams into roughly uh, 40 grams out, 40 to 50 grams out. So mm-hmm. a little longer, a little longer extraction, uh, because otherwise it's too too syrupy, too dense. Especially when you have eighteen grams, it's very strong, and that's probably why uh, some of the flavors I was getting were um, maybe too strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he did recommend fourteen grams. Exactly. Right? So I was actually yeah. four grams more. So that is probably my fault. Uh, so I, I'm more than happy to 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 accept that. Uh, but I actually I prefer that because I have. Um, I struggled to dial it in in um, in a different um, in a different uh, basket. Uh, so sure. I, I tried to, to you know to make my life a little easier. Yeah. So I tried the the blend itself, and the blend is is amazing. First of all, um, you got uh, a very floral aftertaste and citrus citrus notes. I got, um, but uh, I personally would have made it would have tried. My idea was to try to make it a little less citrusy. Mm-hmm. Because it was a little too strong for for my taste, for my own taste. Yeah, um, I was also uh, struggling. I I tried it with the French press, so I ground it a course. How did, I did you? Yeah, I did thirty grams in five hundred ml uh, with the James James Hoffman's um, uh, protocol, which is grind grind um, fine ish mm-hmm. for a French press. Do sixty grams did per you- liter. Did you do the ninety? Sorry, the nine-minute waiting and then Absolutely, scooping yes. the yes. Yeah. Uh, so you, you put sixty grams per liter. Uh, you don't you don't stir anything. You wait five minutes. Uh, you wait. Uh, so you wait for five minutes. Then you stir the crust. Then take off the the, the scum at the top, the, the the froth and everything, and let it sit for another five minutes with the with the filter of the French press on top, and then pour very carefully. It's actually an amazing coffee like that. It, it tastes amazing. But I was having a hard time to tell the flavors in that one, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it's very diluted and I'm used to espresso. So my taste buds are not that sensitive. I, I mean, I have to admit, <laughs> I am nowhere near um, a, a taster. Uh, then I tried again, um, and it was um, it's what I found in this uh, in this in this blend. I'm t- still talking about the blend. What I found in this blend right. is kind of um, electric. It's uh, very refreshing, very fresh, very, um, yeah, fresh. It's, uh, I don't know how else to describe it. It's a, it's a very uh, fresh flavor. Yes, uh, it is, yeah. And then, so with that in mind, I decided, okay, I want to get rid of a little bit of the citrus notes because it's it's too strong for me. So it was too acidic. So what I decided to do, I t- tasted each one of them. And as I said before, because we did talk about this before, I tried the Colombian on their own and the Ethiopian on their own. And uh, they're both very sweet, very floral. Uh, I think, actually, the, the floral and maple comes from the Colombian. Mainly. I think so, too. Well, and the, the maple definitely comes from the Colombian. Yeah, because it's got a, that sweet finish. It's really, really nice. And yeah. uh, the Colombian, when, when you drink the Colombian on their own, I think they're amazing. 
I love them. Absolutely love that those beans. Yeah, I know. Nice. And um, there is something missing. You tell, you can tell that there is something missing. I don't know how else to put it because I would really like to be as expressive as uh, as an Hoffman can be, but I can't. <laughs> but you can tell that there is something missing in there. It's just not complete. Mm-hmm. It's like you have ninety five percent of the puzzle, but it it's it leaves it leaves you wanting something. And I think that 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 something is actually the body from the from the Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. But this is me going out on a limb and just thinking and and saying what I might think. So that, you think that's why they 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 blend well? Yes, yes. I think they've yeah. added a little bit of uh, of of Ethiopian to give it a little bit more kick at the end, especially at the end. Because when I tried the Ethiopian on their own, they are very nice. They're strawberry-ish some, somehow. They have uh, this citrus flavor. And it reminds mm-hmm. me, however, it reminded me of, of the Ethiopian. Oh, sorry, of the Colombian. So hmm. they were very similar. And uh, if I put them in a, in a French press, and I have done that, so in a very diluted environment, I would have a very hard time telling one from the other. So I wouldn't be able to tell, personally. Because of the flavors that are very similar, I, I wouldn't be able to tell. But yeah, I think the key the key thing is to be able to extract the different flavors exactly. from each one, right? And that's where the blending uh, yes. becomes interesting. Yes, but not only that, I, I'm saying this because I want to make sure that people understand that I am not good at tasting. That's important. <laughs> okay. It's it's something because people sometimes, you, you know, you, you trust too much what people say and, oh, I can tell this, I can tell that. Consider that people like um, I mean I keep calling I keep putting him in the in the topic but for example people people like James Hoffman they are people mm. that are trained to taste things mm-hmm. they have absolutely killer taste buds mm-hmm. um, the average person it, it, you would struggle probably to tell the differences you can pro- personally at least I can tell that there is something missing as i said there was something missing in the puzzle mm-hmm. i don't know to what point to what extent this is confirmation bias because i know it's a blend and i know that more or less there is more colombian than ethiopian uh, so, or- so so tell me though going on to onto the blend ratios yes so um how did you uh, did you started drinking one then the other so you got a taste for one yes. what the Ethiopian was like on its own and then what the Colombian was like on its own and then you started mixing them together at different ratios and yes. how did you approach that so I approached that as I normally do in my own in my own experiments so I went pretty much um, not blind because I knew what I was doing but I went in blind so I deliberately went for the extremes. So I did, for example, 15, 15 grams of Colombian and 5 grams of Ethiopian. I know that's that adds up to 20, but I have a terrible scale. <laughs> yeah. So then, it's better to put put more through, to be honest with you. Grind a little bit through. Throw the first couple of grams away. Uh, or at least if you've got a flatbird grinder, you need to do that. And then, um, and yeah, then well, with I the rest, the you can measure it out. You can just take yeah. a little bit off the top. Yeah. You know, and you've got your exact measurements. Yeah. yeah. I do have a very little retention in my grinder, so that's uh, that's good. But that's because I I actually go in for I I go to great lengths to get everything out. 
and I don't recommend doing it to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I went for um, fifteen or sixteen in the Colombian and uh, a very little of the Ethiopian, and then I did the opposite. So I went for fifteen for the Ethiopian and uh, um, five for the Colombian and uh, and uh, two for the Colombian. So I, I've I've done pretty much roughly around eighteen grams, and I've done both extremes with uh, very very little like between two and five grams of the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, for example, when I was adding most of the Colombian, and here we're talking still with the flatbird, so I had, I want to say probably was a little bit of a wrong tasting. Uh, it was tasting very much like the Colombian, like this. So mm-hmm. there was no chocolate whatsoever, so that means that there is definitely a, an, an acidic component also in the Colombian. For acidic, I don't mean it in a bad way, but uh, fruitiness uh, from the Colombian as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went on the Ethiopian, it was too acidic. It was still nice, but it was uh, overpowering orangey. So there was um, this very high citrus, orange, uh, grapefruit flavor. And You're doing 18 grams though, right, with it? Yes, yes. 18 yeah, grams. Consider that I've always... Probably too... too- Probably too much on the Ethiopian, I would say. Yes. Um, so when I was doing that, when I every time that I went for the majority of Ethiopian, there was a very nice body, uh, but it was um, too too thick in the mouth uh, as a mouthfeel, not as syrupy, but it felt thick. The, the flavor didn't go away; it was just clinging mm. to my to my mouth. Yeah, I love too that. Much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Oh, sorry, that's a personal thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I've done uh, 50-50, and it was still quite acidic, but mm-hmm. uh, it, my, my, my mouth felt a little pickled. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. It, it felt like pickled my, my mouth. So I, it dried up, and uh, it was quite, um, quite acidic. You know, like when you eat um, pickles. Mm-hmm. You, you have okay. that feeling. Um, and it was again overpowering uh, uh, citrus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for me, what works best is majority of Colombian, which is not surprising to be honest from my, mm-hmm. from my perspective. Um, and uh, I've normally, when I add, it, it works well when I add between uh, two, sorry, not no, two, it's too little, uh, between four. And six grams of Ethiopian into a into an eighteen total. Okay, what's that work out as percentage wise? Let me get my calculator. Uh-huh. I, don't know I did everything by percentages. Thirty percent, I think. Thirty percent. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That's very interesting. Very interesting. I'll tell you why later. Um, because under that, I don't really feel the difference. Uh, I tried, um, but no. And when I was using the the Paros grinder, so the the mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the conical burr, I'd also tried again fifty fifty, and I made an americano, but it felt uh, tingly. It's uh, it was sweet and fruity and floral, but it was uh, tingling in the mouth. So that means that to me, <coughs> sorry, it was a bit too, a bit too strong. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 grams of Colombian and 5 grams of Ethiopian to me was uh, nice. It was a thick body, but again, there was uh, too much unbalanced acidity. So it, the acidity wasn't balanced out. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, what what 
I was actually trying to go after. So I was trying to balance the acidity. For you, you're not um, you're not a lover of acidity, so exactly. you're you're trying to maybe introduce some of the some of the uh, nuances um, yes. uh, of the Ethiopian with <coughs> the acidity, which is a challenge. Yes. Um, then yes, it's. Uh, so what, what did you end up, what was your, what was your ultimate best ratio? My you favorite set on? is, uh, I think is between 15 grams of Colombian and four grams of Ethiopian, um, plus or minus two. So okay. you have that kind of balance. Uh, but that is because I think my extractions are a little too variable, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of they, they, uh, they didn't, the weather in terms of the grind and in terms of the coffee machine temperature, because remember we don't have prosumer coffee machines. They're good ones, yeah. but they're not yeah, yeah, yeah. excessively good. Yeah. And Perhaps you know, there's a lot more down to it as well in preparation and everything else. But so basically for you about 25% Ethiopian mm-hmm. um, and 75% Colombian gave the best results. That's yeah. Interesting. Do you know, that's, um, that's, different from 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 me but but not you know a million miles i can see how you got there for mm-hmm. me i um uh, i love uh syrupy thick textured coffee right and uh and part of the challenge for me was to to um introduce enough of the ethiopian to get that mouthfeel um but also then strike a balance for the uh for the taste um so i i wanted it all <laughs> Of course, I wanted the texture and the perfect flavor. So here's what I did. The first thing I did was I said, I'm going to follow um, Gareth's recipe on the back of the bag, like, you know, for, for everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to change anything uh, except for the grind size and, um, and the ratio. Mm-hmm. And I'll start there. Um, and actually what was really great was that he sent us so much coffee that we could, I could do all of that. And then once I had compiled the results, I was unable to go back and say, oh, okay, well now I've got that. Now let me play around and be naughty and break the rules. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but on the 14 grams, I found that about, um, I actually found that there were two ratios that I, that I really liked and they're completely different and they were exact opposites of each other. One was uh, 30%, um, Colombian and and seventy percent Ethiopian. Mm. You can believe that, right? And well, I do. Uh, yeah, and the other was seventy percent Colombian and thirty percent Ethiopian, and and they're 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 different they're different coffees. But um, depending upon what I felt like, that actually worked out really well at fourteen grams. Um, what I what I did was I actually bought a new basket. Uh, I bought a new. IMS basket made for the Gagia mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was a double basket to take 14 to 16 grams. Um, and I oh. found that made a huge difference actually, because yeah. I tried it as well in a, in a, in my old basket and it ran too fast and I had problems getting a good result from it. So, uh, I'm really glad I got a new basket because I, I would have struggled actually. And it, it, it opened my eyes a little bit to the importance of having, I, I don't understand why. I would really love to know the physics of this. And at the end of the day, it's a bit of steel with some holes in it. I don't understand why 
one boss that made such hole, a difference. But it's the size of the holes and the the shape of the holes. So being regular, you don't have any sort of channeling unless the unless you introduce it. Yeah, I was getting really good pucks at the end of it, um, dry pucks as well, and 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 so it it just was a better overall experience. So that just so I'm kind of like that was a bit of a giveaway, um, but I wanted to relate that directly back to to what you were saying, and so that thirty percent is not a million miles away from the twenty five percent. Yeah. One thing I was very conscious of is that we can be very scientific and count out by weight the amount of each we're going to get. But as I think we referenced last time as well, if if it's too small a percentage of any one, commercially it's a tricky one to do because if you mix that in your bag, you don't know what actually people are going to end up with. If you only have, let's say, for example, you only put, let's say, well, we're just going to have you know 10% Ethiopian and put like a 10% stripe through it. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility that someone could pull a coffee and get no beans at all, you know, statistically. I'm oh, sorry, no Ethiopian uh, beans at all in that. Yes, so and because there, there are there are two things, and actually, I, I I like if we manage to give some advice to our 25 listeners. <laughs> Is it 25 now? I don't know. I keep saying 25 because I have these, um, you know, these references to uh, Petrarca or whoever he was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, then always mix your bags. Always shake them before you you make a yeah. coffee. Do not let it settle. Just yeah, mix, them, mix it about. Yeah, uh, because yeah. both in the grinder and in your bag they will settle. The, the smallest yeah. beans will go at the bottom, especially if you have a blend. The smallest beans will tend to go at the bottom. And it's you- a good point. I actually don't do that. I, I'll start to do that. I'll add that to my routine because. Um, yeah, and people already look at me in a very strange way. People who come around—not <laughs> that we actually have any guests or anything—because uh, we're pretty, we're pretty um, antisocial. But uh, every now and then, like my sister or somebody will be around here, and uh, and uh, they see me making coffee, and they they don't say anything, but you can see by the look in their face they think you're yeah, nuts. They, they, they don't say anything, but they <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything. That's when you have to worry. You know? yeah. They're just looking at you, like yeah. you know, you completely lost it. So, but anyway, so thirty percent um, of each was 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 definitely a favorite at fourteen grams, and I did actually try cheating early on. Of course, of course, I did by putting more coffee in there because that's who I am. I don't normally drink eight, uh, fourteen grams. I, I normally make a coffee with with eighteen grams. It's normally my go-to kind of amount yeah. of coffee. However, uh, when I made it with eighteen grams. Um, like this i didn't change so i was pretty happy with what i was getting out of 14 grams it's very nice but i thought if i put 18 grams in it'll be the same as before but better and more syrupy and it wasn't um it it it, the the flavor changed completely and it kind of blew it and what i didn't want to do is change the grind setting and, and and mess around with it too much so i did the whole process i started with five gram sorry um five uh, yeah, so I started with um, with as little as uh, uh, like ten percent of of one um, variety to another, mm-hmm. and then I I would move it around. So I would start with um, uh, let's say I, I I'd actually put twenty grams in the machine, and then I would uh, run a couple of grams through, so that leaving me about eighteen, and on the eighteen I would scoop out some uh, at the end so I could get it exactly right. And so, so it ended up with say 14 grams. So I put in say five grams of Ethiopian and, and 15 grams of, of Colombian. And then I'd try, you know, five grams of Colombian, 15 grams of Ethiopian. And, and I'd sort of 
do it like this. I'd work my way up mm-hmm. um, to to a 50-50 ratio. The 50-50 ratio didn't work for me. I don't know why. You, you would have thought that was for some reason. I just seemed to think that that would, that would be a great blend, but it, it, it didn't really work. Um, what really worked for me was, as I say, the, the 30%, even the 40%. And actually, I would say towards the end, maybe my favorite, my, if I had to pick one, and, and they just said, that's the coffee you have to drink for the rest of your life, Nick, I'd probably go with 60% Colombian and, and 40% Ethiopian. Um, but, but that, that is with 16 grams of coffee output. Right. Um, so what I did was, so with the, with the 14 grams, I think 30%, uh, Ethiopian, um, was, was creating a really, a really nice, um, a really nice, uh, it had a, that, that maple coffee flavor comes through, uh, very, very nicely, but the com- complexity, okay, I'm overusing that word, but the, the the brightness of the Ethiopian and the floral the additional floral attributes that brings which I think are are similar but different to the Colombian they both have floral attributes but the Ethiopian is is, is a I'm say a brighter sort of version of it mm-hmm. by bringing those together at thirty percent into the Colombians um, sorry forty percent to the Colombian sixty percent really. Thirty percent at fourteen grams to the Colombian seventy percent really made a a very very tasty uh, tasty espresso. I didn't make anything other than espresso with it. I now feel silly. I should go back and, and do um, a a pour over. I might yeah. do that uh, do that I, tomorrow. A pour over and French press are very 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 nice. The problem I have with yeah. that is being so diluted. I struggle with the flavors. I don't get the flavors out a lot. Yeah, well, I I want the flavors, so I'm, I'm you know I'm happy with I'm, I'm maybe I'll, I'll try it just for the sake of trying it, but I'm 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 kind of committed to to having delicious espresso. Yeah. You um, can actually you can try uh-huh. to make americano with it. It's actually very nice. So mm, okay, the espresso, then you put hot water on top. And okay, I'll try that next. I'll do a long black. Um, yeah. Actually, more than a, an americano, I, I seem to prefer those. But uh, where you put the espresso on top of the water rather than the the water on top of the espresso. It's exactly um, the same. Shut up, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's <the same. laughs> listen, shut up. Uh, do you ever watch Archer? Oh, what? Archer. No. Have you ever seen Archer? No. I ain't got to watch it on Netflix. He just says shut up all the time. He does, <laughs> he's very funny. He's very non-politically correct. Uh, and just go off on a quick segue. I just literally read it before the podcast. They're bringing back Spitting Image. And they're starting off with Trump. It's fantastic. I can't wait. BBC's bringing back spitting. You know what spitting images, right? No. Oh my God, Max, you'd love it. You you're gonna love it. It's a, they have puppets, um, and they're they did these in I think the 1980s. I used to and and the thing about it, they're very um, non uh, non referential. What's the right word? Um, I lost my words today. But they're they they don't are non deferential. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they're referential, but they're they're non-deferential. Uh, and, and so basically, they're they're rude, um, but they're rude in a in a politically satirical way. Okay, and it's it's very it's very very funny. So they have actual actual puppets, not drawn things, not animation. Mm-hmm. Actual puppets uh, managed by puppeteers, and they are very funny. Okay, so um, uh, so only back to this. Uh, after doing this with fourteen grams, I was um, I was. Uh, 
uh, I was tempted to say, well, I had a, did have a bad result at 18 grams, but but where's the balance? How you know maybe I could get a little bit more in there because I wanted a little bit more texture than mm-hmm. I was getting, and so I um, uh, and everything else was the same. So I kept 94 degrees. Uh, generally, I was pulling for around 27 seconds. I never got it to run as long as 30. I have to be honest. Um, yeah, it tends and I was to faster. So for me. Yeah, uh, but I was getting it out a, a two to one ratio, um, maybe just a little bit more, but but generally it was around the two to one ratio mark. Uh, the problem I had was with I I've got one of those Akaya scales, I think it's Akaya Pearl or something, mm-hmm. and it didn't fit on my Gagia, um tray drip tray with the cup underneath it, a cup on top of it. Um, so you can get these uh, from Mister Shades. You can get these three um, D printed plastic um drip trays mm-hmm. which are lowered a bit like lowering the suspension in your car it looks super <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah the next upgrade i'm going to do is uh my gaji is going to bounce on uh, on suspension um but <laughs> i love that what an amazing idea i'm full of great ideas uh, <laughs> but i got this lower drip tray right so uh so now i can put the scale on uh on the trip tray the cup on top of the scale and I can pull a shot. The only problemo is that uh, now the the standard pipe for the OPV discharge doesn't doesn't go all the way down. Um, and they oh, give yeah. you a different pipe that does go all the way down, but it keeps yeah. falling off. Because your OPV, because that's another thing, and Mr. Gadja, listen to me. If I remember correctly, the, your OPV uh, discharges into the tray. Yeah. That's a waste of water. Yeah. It should go back into the into the the, the, the tank, as it used to do. Uh, isn't it dirty water from the top? No, it's not dirty water. It's gone through the pump, and that's it. It doesn't go into oh, oh okay the boiler. Oh. well, anyway, it 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 discharges into the tray, but it doesn't, of course, because the pipe that Mister Shades gave me doesn't quite fit, and uh, the the um, and the old pipe is too short. So what actually happens is it just spews water all over my scales, and and that worries me a little bit. Yeah. Um. So so what I an, an espresso scale, don't you? Yeah, it's an espresso yeah, scale. Yeah, I, no, I haven't got no. I, I got rid of the cheap scales. I've gone with the fancy ones because um, because I want to play with the big boys. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to get a lunar. Then I saw the price and I said, uh, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like. I don't want to get it anymore. No, yeah, no, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. So anyway, but the thing is, I put that in there when I was making these forty grams. I I really wanted to to do this properly, and so I I was um, measuring it as it was coming out and uh, and doing it to the exact things. And then afterwards, when I started putting sixteen grams in there, I I, I took the scales out because I um I did, I was just playing around at that point. But I got to tell you, I prefer it at sixteen grams. Um, and this is a matter of personal preference. Uh, but I was, um, I tried 17 and 18 and it was like, like you were getting, I have to say it was too intense too. it was too much. There's too much acidity or too much, there's just too much, whatever it was, right? It's just too much, but 16 grams mm-hmm. was for me, the perfect sweet spot. I, um, I increased the grind size a bit. Um, I, uh, I used the same basket. So instead of 14 grams, I had 16 grams. I changed the grind size. So obviously I changed the grind size to make it a bit coarser. And, um, and there 
when I mixed 40% of the Ethiopian with 60% of the Colombian, I was just uh, a fabulous, fabulous espresso. Yeah. In fact, I kept on drinking too much of it. And <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had some conference calls on Friday, and I think I'd had four of them, and I was buzzing. And uh, well, do you know what it is when you know your brain is telling your mouth to shut up, and your mouth just keeps on going, and your brain's like, I don't understand. I've lost control. It was basically like that on the on the conference call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also then, but interesting that I flip it around. I thought, well, since I like the 30%, you know, the, the, the other way on 14 grams, I like that with the Ethiopian. Um, but when I put 40% Colombian and 60% Ethiopian in, uh, it was good but it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. For me, it wasn't as it, it was. It was a bit too much, and I think that's where, if you have too much coffee, and um, you know, if you have more coffee than 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 is recommended, you've got to be a little bit careful. You've got to start cutting down that Ethiopian because it can overpower. I think that's the lesson I, I took away from that. Mm. So, I think all in all, what lessons? What did we actually take away from this, Max? What did we? What did we learn? I don't know. Nothing. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a worthwhile exercise. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I learned from this. I learned, I, first of all, I, I, I will admit to being a little nervous going into this because I, I thought, you know, you have to be very scientific and everything else. But in actual fact, in actual fact, what I learned from this is that uh, there's a few things. One, that uh, it was fun. It was actually, it was fun. Yeah, and you, you fun. yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you, so thank you, Gareth, for, for you know, allowing us to, to do this. Um, because it was a lot of fun and I learned, uh, I learned more than if I was just trying to make, um, espresso with, you know, a bag I've got. So if with one bean or with one blend and trying to make espresso, mixing them, you, 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 you start to have to really pay attention to the, the different flavors and what you're trying to get out of it. And that was, um, that was, that was a very interesting experience for me. I hadn't done this before. The second thing I learned was it's actually, it's not rocket science. It's, it's not hard. Um, and there isn't a right or a wrong. It's just, what's your preference, right? What's your preference? Um, although there is, an, a, there is almost certainly a right and a wrong to the quantity of coffee yes. um, that you can put in. And I learned that the quantity of coffee you know, even by one or two grams makes a huge amount of difference, completely changes the whole profile. Mm -hmm. And I also learned that your basket is important. Yes. Uh, and, and I, I, again, I was really quite surprised what a difference changing that basket out made. So mm -hmm. all in all, I, I have to say, I came away from this, a, a sort of, uh, um, an improved version two of my, of myself as far as coffee making is concerned. And I'm now quite keen. I'm, I'm actually quite keen to ask Gareth how he, how he did in fact choose these two coffees. Was it, you know, did he, did, was he having them and, and, and using them separately for, for uh, you know, I'd just be very interested in whether he had these coffees before he, he was familiar with them. He knew them mm -hmm. and he, and he knew that they'd work well together. Did he hunt them down? Did he go through lots of different coffees to try to, to find a pair that would that would really complement each other, I don't know, but I suspect that that 
that is not a, a matter of luck, but a matter no, of, of of a lot of hard work. So yeah. there's probably a story there. Yeah, and one actually, one thing now, you know, jokes apart, that uh, jokes aside, me saying, oh, I, I learned nothing. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, for me is actually, I learned that I struggle with uh, um, non-numerical data. Uh-huh. And I totally understand why people get so fixated on, uh, for example, on TDS. Mm-hmm. That's something you can measure. Yeah. While flavor, it depends. It depends if you woke, if you just woke up in the morning, if you if you're in a good mood or in a bad mood, if you had mm-hmm. what you had the day before. Um, it's what you had for what you want to have for breakfast. I mean, one day you might want something acidic. One day you might you might want something chocolatey. And the same coffee, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So to, to what extent is my uh, mood and my feeling on that day impacting how I perceive the coffee? That is important because at this point I'm actually doing blends, and I'm changing slightly variables, and I have to rely on the measure on the final measurement. I have to rely on uh, on the on on what I on what, on what I taste, and on that one day I may not like the same thing I liked the first the day before. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is something that I struggled with. And then, I wouldn't get too hung up on it, though. I mean, I think that's part of the pleasure of of life. You know, if you go, I mean, you're Italian. Italian marble um, is is obviously incredibly beautiful. And uh, if you go to, it's quite interesting. You go to kitchen designs now. A lot of people have um, quartz on the desk on the top. And the reason they go for quartz, and I'll tell you why this is relevant. But the reason they go for quartz is because it's uniform. Kitchen designers really like it because you don't have any of these annoying asymmetries or you know, mm-hmm. bits of uh, you know, uh, mineral inclusions that make the color change and, and whatever. And so they put these quartz down, which are these, you know, and they're, they're very pretty and there's white, but they're completely freaking dull. Sorry for those people who've got a quartz kitchen, but they're dull. They're, they're too perfect. They're too exact. Whereas you put some marble in or, or even some granite, like Brazil does these amazing granites. Mm-hmm. You put that in and, and yes, you might have a crack here and some color distortion over there and the pattern isn't quite symmetrical. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the natural variety. And so you wake up every day, you come down, you make your coffee. And people who don't, who, who, who just, you know, they want to put their Nespresso capsule in, that's absolutely great. They've, they're the quartz. <laughs> they're the quartz test, uh, kitchen work surfaces of the world where they just want to have their coffee. They're not super into it. They want a nice coffee. They want to up their game and have a bit more quality, but they don't care that it's, they, in fact, they want the same. They want the McDonald's yes. experience every single day the same. But people like us relish in the fact that there's nuances and there's something deeper that you, you can look for and you can pull out. And if you pull something very special out, mm-hmm. you can't have special every day, Max. You know, sorry to be the, the bearer of bad news. Yeah, you can't have special every single experience, every single time. Some days are going to be better than others, and that's the beauty of it. Wow. I I, I really don't want to say anything else uh, now because uh, <laughs> was, was that be- good? It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. 
No, what I, what I actually what I what I did struggle with is that making blends, you rely on if you, if I make the same blend twice, I need to have the same result, which I to be honest, I was struggling to get mm-hmm. in my taste. That's okay. That's my tasting. Well, yeah, it is okay. But then how do I know that, oh, that's the blend I want? Yeah. It tastes different. I t- I didn't taste the same thing as last, last time. Mm-hmm. Is my, and at which point you start wondering, is my extraction okay? Is my mm-hmm. grinding okay? Is mm-hmm. my temperature? Is the weather? Is the whatever? <laughs> is my scale not good enough? I'm actually considering getting a new scale because I'm using a Salter kitchen scale. Yeah, it's yeah not very precise. Yeah, as, I um, I as you know, I up I up my game by changing my scale, and it, it does help. All these little things help. That said, you know the scales were kind of expensive. The basket was pretty cheap, and the baskets probably made more difference. Yes, yes. It, I'm actually surprised you didn't have a um, a basket. I, I've got several baskets, but they were the wrong size. I mean, they, they I've got a triple. IMS. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, triple. So people with triple baskets, they look mm-hmm. great if you want to put videos on YouTube, extracting and having the, the bottomless port. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing. That's what I got. But don't drink it. It tastes awful. <laughs> it's too much coffee. It depends on it depends on the coffee. I like strong coffee, and I have to say, I give it to some people, and they go, "What the heck are you drinking? That is too strong." And for me, that's lovely, but yeah. <laughs> it depends on the coffee, right? It does depend. It's the amount of caffeine you get out of it. Yeah, you get more caffeine in a French press. So any kind of immersive extraction yeah. is going to have more caffeine than yes. a, than an espresso. But uh, so. if you extract from twenty grams you get a lot more caffeine than from 14 grams. And that's why, it, yeah. for example, it was a thing, actually, I'm, I'm borrowing this from, again, from James, James Hoffman. And that's why in Italy, typically, you get baskets uh, for, for uh, 14 grams, mm-hmm. not 18. Yeah. Well, that also, your coffee goes a lot, a lot further. It's not about that. It's, you can have several coffees and not be completely out of your mind. Yeah, like I was on my video call. Exactly. Um, if you have 18 grams, you're you're borderline already. If you have a triple shot, I mean, you have two espressos and you're climbing on the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, it's actually another reason why I'm I'm starting to play around with decafs uh, as well. But listen, that's another story. Let's yeah. wrap it up. Um, yes. Next remember time. earlier on in the podcast, I said that I'm, I'm really good at lying. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember last week that we said, <laughs> we said we were going to talk about the Sylvia. <sighs> I lied. <laughs> oh my God. I <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I had the best intentions, uh, yeah. you know, on my way down to hell, um, <laughs> to, to, to do that. Cause I really do want to talk about it, yeah. but I didn't want to yeah. dilute, uh, excuse the pun. Uh, the the conversation um, about the, what we did in the blending challenge because I think this was um, the, I, we've already talked we talked for over an hour yeah uh, to be honest and so there's you. there was a lot to talk about if we would talk about the, uh, anything else as well I think we, it would it would it would make the podcast too long so we're gonna do that next week yes and I mean I got I got I got loads of stuff to talk about we'll try and cram it all into one action packed oh. Batman Robin type session. Personally, I will actually do uh, a little more, um, a little more experiments on these. I will try now mm-hmm. to use the fourteen gram basket. 
yeah. uh, extract from 14 grams because I, I it makes sense what you said, and uh, I'm actually very curious on how mm. much the, cha- the, the change will taste. No, the taste try, will change. Try 14 and try 16. Um, yeah. Anything above that, I, I went to 17, and, and it was just going from 16 to 17 was night and day. It was It was not good for me. 16 um, is my... Is my nemesis because I have a 14 gram basket, a 12 uh, to 18 and a 12 to 18. So 16 is going to make a mess. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> I'm going to stick to well, either. I'll, I, you know, everyone likes a challenge, Max. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I'm going to try with 14 and I will report on it uh, next week. And at the same uh, time. Do you promise? You're not lying. I promise. I'm promising. And uh, I will also be talking about the Sylvia because I am very curious. And um, yeah. maybe I will also talk about some details about the um, uh, the, the um, Victoria Arduino, the Eagle the Eagle One. Or what, what is yeah. We'll because, talk about all of that next week. Yes. We talked about it last time. And uh, from then, I was very unprepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I have watched the video and I've taken up a lot of details because they show the inside of the machine. So I have lots to say. Fabulous. Oh, that's a teaser. Wow. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Max, have a great rest of the day and I'll catch up with you next week, pal. Yay. Thank you. Thank you.